Hi, Richie. Hi, Sin. Hi, everyone, and welcome to What, Where, Why: Enemies of Bloodborne, Episode Forty-Eight. Today, we're going to talk about the patience from the Hunter's Nightmare, recommended by Idelex. Thank you, Idelex. So, Richie, before we started recording this podcast, I asked you about which patient we should talk about specifically, because there's a couple mm. of them, and we decided to just there's talk about all of them. Yeah. 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 So, should we explain what that means? Because people might, yes. people might like, yeah, I, I think it's an area people run through and don't really hang around. So, there's a whole lot of different kinds of clock tower patient. And... You might think, oh, it's like the church servants or something where it's just the same thing, but like sometimes they have a gun and sometimes they have a stick, but it, no, they, they actually do like behave differently. They have mm -hmm. like different, they drop different things. Some of them are affected by items differently. So they are kind of like, kind of different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. In the what, I would like you to tell me very generally. What are they? Okay, so the patients are people who were brought to the healing church to be healed. As in, like, this is back when they thought the healing church was just like a, a hospital that you went to if you were sick. Mm -hmm. And what happens is that they would start healing them, but also experimenting on them in that what what we know of as like the recovery room like in the dlc just before you go up the elevator mm -hmm. there's like all those beds lined up so they would treat them there and then if one of them started to show that they were contacting the great ones or their like body was changing or something they would take them up that elevator into the the research hall and continue the experiments there uh-huh. Richie? Yeah. So yes. this happens to me every couple of months, and it just happened now again. The healing church literally has the word healing in it. Yeah. As if they're going to heal people. Yeah, you got it. I got it. Oh, man. Yeah, it was, it was I... spent a lot of time with a consultant <laughs> to come up with that brand. The healing church. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, we will definitely not turn you into some weird monsters with the old blood church was their second choice <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about Lawrence and his inability to do proper research a couple of times yeah so this is literally him telling people that if you're sick come to us we will heal you but is this before or after the plague breaks out? It's it's just before. Because you can see them starting to create the plague in there. Right. Okay. So this is like just after the healing church show up. And he's like, if you're sick, come here. We'll heal you. And it's like, oh, oh no. Uh, we had to take you to uh, the back room to heal you even better. Oh, they won't be coming back. Unfortunately, they passed away. Can we see the body? No. Oh, my God. It's like, you don't think about this when you play through the game, right? But it's very horrible. 
No, I, I'd say I'd say you notice it when you play through the game because there's a giant <laughs> hospital full of people, fucking strapped to beds, struggling and screaming, "Please kill me!" <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. What I, no, but what I mean is, like, I don't know. For me, at least, the first time you play through Bloodborne, there's so much going on. You yeah. you don't necessarily put everything together, you know. Yeah. But Lawrence is really shady. It's a really sketchy character. <laughs> I, I know that, like, it's like, oh, you don't put everything together, which to most people is like, oh, you don't realize, like, the exact relationship between, you know, Kanehurst and the Chalice Dungeons, and you don't realize that, like, you know, it was Dura who was responsible <laughs> for the burning of old Yarnum, and that's connected to, like, the Chalice that's in the thing. And you're like, you don't notice that Lawrence goes, he's a little shady. <laughs> And the healing church has healing in its name. <laughs> Thank you, Richie. <laughs> you don't notice that the people strapped to the bed screaming, please kill me before I go mad. It's a little dark. <laughs> Thank you, Richie. This reminds me of when you watched The Hitcher and you were like, and then I discovered The Hitcher was the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Richie. <laughs> Continue. Okay, so <clears throat> now I think we can talk about what the patients look like and the different type of patients we encounter in the research hall. I'm, no, I'm just remembering the time you told me that I had to set up my own lab. And you would come and work for me. And I said, what would be at the lab? And you said, snacks. <laughs> it turned out that your description of the lab was actually a buffet. <laughs> Is that what you thought the healing church did? The snack church. You, you work in a lab, so your idea of the healing church is that... Making manuals all day and doing literature reviews. <laughs> and eat snacks. Listen, yeah. in my lab, all the research assistants love food. So we just bring snacks every day and we just snack all day long, okay? Yeah. Before the pandemic, the lab was heaven. <laughs> we got a new research assistant. The The research assistant that joined us, like the last one, she baked, Richie. She literally baked. She baked us cakes fancy ass cakes and she brought them to the lab and we were like we love you you belong here <sighs> i mean i didn't cook but i brought my part i brought chips and all that yeah. all the unhealthy stuff yeah 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 chocolate chips coffee cookies anyway anyway the patients <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think Lawrence brought snacks to the lab? I think he probably did, but other people weren't allowed to have them. <laughs> he would have one of those people he has, like, his food's all labeled, like, don't touch. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And he goes out to get coffee, but he only gets it for himself. He doesn't ask if anyone else wants one. <laughs> well... Wow, Lawrence. Yeah. Wow. 
Imagine you working for the Healing Church. <laughs> then <laughs> you're like sitting there, and then like a werewolf runs past the door, or like someone with like a bag on their head screaming, and you're just like, hmm. <laughs> Something's going on here. <laughs> oh my god, if I worked in that lab, I would be stressed 24 7. Oh, really? Because I'd be doing ethics, and I'm like, so you want me to write in this form that we will literally pour squids and seawater into people's brains? Lawrence, I don't know about that. I don't know if I can do that. He's just like, I'm so sick of all this red tape. <laughs> Anyway, the clock tower patient. Uh, I'm still stressed about imagining doing ethics for this project. Who would you be reporting them to? The amygdala. Yeah. Lawrence is like, hey, can you ask the amygdala whether or not it's okay to have two experimental groups and no control group? And just, you know, we inject seawater, old blood, slugs, worms. Just ask. And I'd be like, I think I know the answer. No, no, ask, ask. And I'd be calling the amygdala being like, listen. Lawrence doesn't want a control group. Yeah, no placebo, just <laughs> experimental everything. Yeah. And injecting, uh, no, we're not injecting medication. We're injecting seawater, slugs, parasites, old blood. That's a no? Okay. Well, you know, I just have to ask. You know how it is. Okay, thanks. Lawrence, it's a no. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> Lawrence, under experimental group, you've just written everyone. Like the number of your participants that you're gonna have, you wrote Yarnum. <laughs> oh God. Okay. So. Okay. So. Back on track. Um, yes. Yeah. So, could you describe the various patients we run into? Okay. So the basic patient is someone like a a human who is wearing a would you call it like a gown, like a hospital gown yeah. kind of thing. And um, their head is encased in a series of, like, bandages. Like, they have a big sack over their head. And their heads are all massively distended. Like, they're much bigger mm-hmm. than, like, they're sort of, like, the size of their torso. Yeah. Um, they come in different head sizes. And they just sort of, like, th- th- when we arrive in the research hall, it looks like the patients have sort of, like, they're escaping. Like, they, they're mutinying. And they've overthrown the church. So they're sort of pacing around. Um, some of them are static. Some of them are, are wandering around. And um, then we get into like there's different kinds of patients, which is when this starts getting a bit complicated. So there's the kind I just described, which is just a person with a distended head who wanders around. Mm-hmm. There's also ones where the patient is bound up, like they're tied their body is tied up. There are uh, it's like a straitjacket kind of thing. Um and they can't move their arms or their legs, so as a result, they're lying on the ground and they move like a slug or like a worm. They sort of slither. Mm-hmm. Um those ones also have tentacles that come out of their throats and try to grab you. Uh-huh. And they sort of like they're not um they're not brain sucker tentacles, they're just like they, they, it's notable that they come out of the throat instead of the head, because that's where we know, like, the vermin are. So it's maybe, like, they're developing a thirst for blood. And uh-huh. they sort of lash around at you. Um, they don't really try to grab you. They just sort of, like, hit you. Uh-huh. Then there's ones that 
have uh, one of their hands is incredibly, it's sort of like we talked about with the church giants, but like one of their hands is massive and swollen and it's covered in like cysts and there's all this goo coming out of it. Um, they, they try to grab you with that hand and if it touches you, it will infect you with poison. Mm-hmm. Then there's ones that do not have heads. They're just headless ones wandering around. Mm-hmm. Then there's ones that are just the heads, which I think is like <laughs> they were probably one person originally. Those heads are it's similar to what Adeline becomes. And they they look like the non-hostile ones that say like plip plop drip drop, but they they have the same tentacles that the um the ones on the ground have, only obviously they come out of their head because they don't have a throat. Mm-hmm. And they can inflict you with frenzy. Uh-huh. And um, they also have a chance to drop Madman's knowledge. So they're, I guess, like, there's sort of semi-successful experiments because they're starting to get in contact. Uh-huh. Then there's ones that walk around on all fours like a beast. And they actually, I think they just copied and pasted the... Um, scourge beast animations onto them because they they crawl around and they leap at you and things like a scourge beast does and those ones although the game doesn't count them as a beast for damage purposes if you throw a pungent blood cocktail they will chase the cocktail Uh and then the final kind is there is a very very um tall one that is still attached to like a drip and they will use the drip as a weapon. They'll try to bash you with it. And then there's also one, it doesn't look any different, but it has the arcane attacks that the Celestials have where they make the the little um, like starbursts appear around their heads and they, they fire lasers at you. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of them. And the really tall ones, they make me think of Thumerians. Yeah, yeah. So... I wonder if whatever they're injecting, people with is giving them sort of Sumerian looks. What do you think? It, well, it might just be that, like, the people in Yarnum are all very tall anyway. Okay, yeah. This is something that we've talked about, but, like, one of the things about the From third-person games is that they tend to make characters you're going to fight with about a head taller than you. Right. Just because if it's in third-person and your character is taking up the bottom of the screen. If the Uh character you're fighting is taller than you, it makes them easier to see. Uh Richie. (laughs) Yes, Sin. Why are you laughing, Richie? I don't know. I don't know. No one will ever know because it won't be on the, in the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Richie. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. And then there's an abrupt change in tone. <laughs> yes. So, Richie, you mentioned there was mutiny. Could you elaborate? So, when when you go into the um, research hall, the first thing you notice is the patients are all out of the rooms. Like, they're just wandering around. Um, and, like, there's dead healing church bodies all over the place, including a couple that have hunter stuff on them, which implies that, like, you know, hunters were in here as well and they were killed by the patients um the most obvious sign of conflict you see is when you um you see a whole lot of healing church patients they run up the spiral stairs and there's a blood minister at the top with a gatling gun who's shooting them to try to like keep them away from him 
So it looks, and like, if you listen to the ones that can talk, they're all saying like, you know, free me from this place, let me out, I'm going mad. So clearly like the patients all rebelled and like. Well, not all. One of them was like, hey, can you help me find my eyes? Yeah. Well, that, well you don't know what's going to happen when she finds her eyes. What's going to happen? She's going to be like, okay, now it means business. It's going to start beating even more of them up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So basically, the patients are revolting because I guess uh, the healing church isn't treating them too well. Oh. Huh. Now, why do you think that is? <laughs> why do you <laughs> little think misrepresentation that there? Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the healing church, more like the bullying church. <laughs> <laughs> is this covering where? Or if we just no. given up on this having an outline? <laughs> no, no, we're talking. We're still at the what. Okay. Um, so, one of the Adeline items. Bonjour, Adeline. Bonjour, Adeline. Comment allez-vous aujourd'hui? Um, mentions that Maria would take her to the garden. Oh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't say she took her there. It says she gave her the key to the garden. Because she thought she'd she'd open the door and smell the flowers. Wait, wait, wait. So Maria didn't even take her to the garden? She prob- Maybe she doesn't have the authority to take her to the garden. I mean, she's largely strapped to a chair. She probably couldn't go to the garden if she wanted to. So in my head, because of this description, I just pictured Maria taking like patients to the garden. So it's nice. Yeah, she might have. Okay. There are, they, they are patients in the garden. Yeah. So... Maybe the healing church wasn't all bad. Have you seen the patients in the garden? <laughs> I don't remember. Are they, they very happy? Of- no. Oh, God. <laughs> what? They have bags of they candy? Have ba- they have bags on their heads and they're frantically scrambling around in the ground trying to find slugs. Okay, so... Hmm, Maria, my opinion of you is quickly changing. I thought you took him to the garden for for some some outing time, not to search for slugs. No, no, no. She wasn't. She she was trying to be nice to Adeline. Okay, all right. She gave Adeline the key because she thought if Adeline was like near the garden, the scent of the flowers would like calm her. She didn't physically take her there though. It's a little... Mm. And then Adeline doesn't understand why she was given the key, so she doesn't ever go. Yeah, there. yeah, so Adeline is trapped to a fucking chair with a bunch of needles in her, and she's like, yeah. oh, thanks for the key, Maria. It helps a lot. Helps a lot, <laughs> Maria. Thank you. <laughs> and Maria's like, you're welcome. I'm so happy I could help. <laughs> Thank you, Adeline. Okay. Okay. Okay, bye. <laughs> See you in the garden. Deline just like rolling her eyes. <laughs> Is that enough of what? Yes. Where are they, Richie? <laughs> they're in the research hall. Um, they're, they're, research they're in the rooms that they're in are like there'll be like one kind of patient for each room, so you can see the different experiments they're doing. Because uh-huh. like some people don't don't notice this, but if you go up to the doors in the research hall, you get an interact prompt, and it'll actually say like this is room like floor three, room B, or something like that. Uh-huh. And you can see like okay, there's one room with the that are just the heads. There's one room that's just the ones that act like beasts. There's one room that's like got the the infected guy in it. 
uh-huh. things like that. So yeah, it's like all broken up. Okay. And yeah, like, and then like there's there's those ones, and then there's the ones in the garden that have the um, celestial arcane stuff going on. But they're only outside. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Right. Thank you, Richie. And why are the patients? I think that was covered in what? That, like, the healing church got a bunch of people and started injecting uh, water into them, into their brains, mm-hmm. and then their heads got bigger and bigger, and some of them started to make contact with the Great Ones, and most of them went mad and died. And then the the ones that behave like beasts, they are in, a like, a room that is locked apart from the top, and uh-huh. the, when you go in from the top, there's like all these beast blood pellets at the top of the ladder. And there's um, like, it's directly below the room with all the blood ministers in it. Uh-huh. So the, I think pretty clearly they're getting across that like the blood ministers were developing beast blood pellets and they were testing them on the people in the room below who are locked away because they're dangerous. Uh-huh. Mm. So Richie... What do you think is the reason for uh, the patients having those huge heads? Is that a joke question? Or? No, it's a real question. Why did their heads Specifically because the healing church are injecting them with water. That's what it says. I think there's another reason. Go on. So, as you may imagine, it was a vision. So the healing church injected them with whatever, and the patients started talking to great ones. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh, my God, I can talk to great ones. I am so much better than everybody else. And their ego inflated (laughs) and their heads got huge. (laughs) (laughs) This is Lawrence trying to explain to Willem what he's doing. (laughs) Their heads are so massive because they're all communing with great ones, unlike you (laughs) and he's like taking selfies with them (laughs) yes Ingrid (laughs) even she wants this episode to end (laughs) okay Richie do the outro That was What Way Why ep- Enemies of Bloodborne episode 48. Mm-hmm. The Clock Tower Patience. Thank you, Richie. And thanks for listening, everyone. See y'all next time. Bye. Bye.